good morning or afternoon or evening or whatever time of day it is for you. This is the Cyclist Not Biker podcast. I'm your host, Sam, and also your only guest today. Again, we're going back to our original format. Um, just going to talk about a few things today. Um, very few things, actually. Uh, first off, last weekend was Gravel Worlds, put on by the Pirate Cycling League in Lincoln, Nebraska. Um, hold on. It's the Gravel Worlds brought to you by Lauf Grit something, 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 something. Um, the Lauf company, I believe they're German. Um, they make a uh, uh, leaf spring, um, a.k.a. Lauf, um, suspension fork. For fat bikes, mountain bikes, and gravel bikes, and now they have a new gravel bike that they put out themselves, the Grit, um, which is kind of one of those quiver killer bikes. Um, I believe it's rated for different wheel and tire sizes, fatter tires if you want, but not, of course, fat tires. Um, I've seen a couple in person. Um, I, there was one or two of them at. Uh, 24 hours of coming race and they look cool uh they remind me a little bit of the uh open um cycles upper but if you threw a suspension fork on there and you know i've always aside from getting off track and going way down a different tangent which we are right now um i've always been kind of like weird about suspension forks um even on my mountain bike so i always ride rigid uh, but then recently, now that I've gotten older over the last 10 years, as everybody does when you age, you get older. Weird how that happens. Uh, yeah, my wrists just don't like what they're doing as much. And, you know, I, some of the, it's kind of the that youthful resilience of bouncing on a washboard and giant rocks and stuff is it's just not there the way it used to be. Um, so I've considered getting a suspension fork. Um, luckily when I was considering doing so, cause the, the Lauf is, they're pretty proud of their product and rightfully so. Um, if you've watched the videos or talked to anybody who rides them, they are, um, they're a, you know, back, neck, wrist, elbow saver. Uh, they, that adds to your endurance that adds to your power you have left. Um, if you're doing, you know, like a, Say if you're going to Gravel Worlds, for instance, and you're riding 150 miles on your gravel bike, um, it it would be beneficial to have all the advantage you could get physically to be able to make it through um, what's going on. Um, hold on. Uh, I'm going to put this, the song at the beginning, <laughs> the intro song today, um, is a song I wrote. I, I do a side gig where I uh, score film stuff for a producer friend of mine, and uh, he was stuck on a certain docking song uh, that he wanted for this documentary. And uh, I think I may have aped it a little bit too close, so I just got a text about that. We're discussing um, when we're going to get a cease and desist after this documentary comes out. And I tell you what, man. I will proudly, I mean, I was a huge Dokken fan in middle school and high school, and I still got, like, 
there are parts of my guitar playing that I can never pull the George Lynch out of. It's just never going to happen. I mean, I'm not saying I'm George Lynch, but uh, there was a lot of influence there. I, I mean, I even, I think in like a couple years in high school, used the side of my pick like he did instead of the tip. What a fucking stupid idea. Um, sorry, George. You're an amazing guitar player. Um, we just all have our own things. So anyway, yeah, uh, if you if you know which Dawkins song the f- intro song sounds like, uh, feel free to drop me a line, and uh, if we get that cease and desist letter from Don Dawkins, I will send you a photocopied fucking PDF file of it. Anyway, back to the Lauf grit and the Lauf uh, suspension fork. Um, so I, I was in the market for one, and I thought it'd be cool to put on my old Warbird, which no longer is in my possession. Um, went to a better home. I think it did Dirty Kansas this year, which uh, at least one of us did. Um, and I also heard originally that the uh, that Lauf gravel suspension fork was built specifically to try to match it up with the Warbird frame so that it would be an actual OEM part for um, the Salsa Warbird. And then the, the, I don't think the cost was right as far as the build or I don't know here. I'm just spouting off rumors. I hear through the, the back channels I know. Um, but anyway, obviously it didn't happen. Um, I have seen some Warbirds with them on they look pretty dope. Um, couple of my friends ride them on warbirds and they're like yeah th- that and then that whole rear um cat five or whatever suspension v5 i don't know what it's called um they have on the warbird and the cutthroat uh it does work by the way i can attest to that so anyway getting back to that, i was going to get a suspension fork but it turns out that i am over well i was over their weight limit uh, so that saved me that problem. Also, after losing weight, it took, you know, my wrist feel a lot better. That's nice. Um, for those of you that, uh, haven't been bludgeoned to death with this, um, about, oh man, just over a year ago, it's getting close to a year and a half ago. Um, I went vegan. Um, I hashtag vegan cyclist a lot. Um, because, you know, that's what I do. Um, for the most part, I would say I'm like 95% vegan cyclist, but man, when you're out in like small towns in the middle of Iowa, the man, do I try to eat this bag of cashews for the you know fifth time today or another Alara bar? Not that I don't love those things, but there's only so many you can eat before you're like, fuck this. Um, or man, am I just going to eat this slice of cheese pizza and deal with it? So, uh, that happens sometimes I'm here on the podcast. Um, and, and sometimes it saves my butt, not literally, uh, that's what chamois creams for. Uh, but you know, it'll, it'll save, save my physical being to write another day or keep writing that day. Um, I actually had one of those moments this weekend, but we'll get to that. So anyway, uh, Lauf gravel worlds, um, Super cool. Um, that the new Lauf grit bike looks freaking awesome. And if I wasn't so stuck on making the my uh, pink standard rando work, I would absolutely consider drooling over one of those. But again, not happening. Um, 
do 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 do. So, but anyway, back to Growl Worlds. Whew, tangent time. Hello. What have we talked about so far? I'm too fat for a while for suspension fork. Uh, Don Dockin will sue me at some time in 2018, most likely. And um, so Gravel Worlds this weekend, Lincoln, Nebraska. Pirate Cycling League, a great group of dudes. Um, They are spectacular folks, and they love their graveling. um, You've got MG and Corey, Cornbread, and I mean, it... It pains me to think that I didn't go. I was signed up for Gravel Worlds, but I haven't recovered from 24 hours of coming yet. I don't know what's going on with my body. I think this weekend may have kicked some of it out. And I'm sure 150 more miles of gravel would have kicked some of it out as well, but I I wasn't up for it. But yeah, it pains me to, you know, I didn't get down to Lincoln and see um, Mark and Matt and Corey and all the guys down there. Um, but I'm sure they did just fine without me. Cause I'm fucking annoying. Um, I would have just gotten drunk and DNF'd and then got drunker. Most likely some things you take seriously and some things you take too seriously. And that's something makes a lot of sense. Okay. So gravel worlds, 150 miles of gravel around Lincoln, Nebraska. Um, it's very challenging. Um, the the hills are a plenty. There's a lot of climbing, but it's not like central, you know, south central Iowa climbing where it's like literally just straight up a fucking cliff and then you like avert drop on the other side. You're just always climbing. It just ne- just never stops. A um, little bit different than Iowa gravel. Um, read a couple short race reports from people, and uh, you know the conditions were really nice. It wasn't overly windy. It wasn't super hot. Like this weekend, the weather was fantastic. Um, absolutely fantastic in fact yesterday uh for our ride back from what we did this weekend it was i mean almost tear worthy it was so nice um but we so we had we have a lot of central iowa dudes and people and humans and and women and uh i think maybe somebody takes their dog down there but the dogs don't you know do gravel worlds that would be really cruel um go down and race this every year. Um, we've had some winners in the past, um, overall gravel world's winners. Um, this year we had two of our local guys get first and I believe third place. Hopefully I'm not wrong about that. Um, in the fat bike category at gravel worlds. Um, and I, I do believe that, and I could be wrong about this. Please leave me shitty comments if I am, but uh, Matt Gersib, I think, was the first person to actually finish Gravel Worlds on a fat bike years ago. Um, I would love for someone to correct me on that, but I'm pretty sure MG was the one. Um, so anyway, local guys. Uh, Steve Cannon, third place, fat bike, Gravel Worlds. 150 miles on a fat bike. Um, Steve's had a huge year. Um, he's done Arrowhead 150. He's done the... Um, I believe the, uh, I did a bike. Steve, did you do that? I'm pretty sure that's what you did. Um, he's, he is, he ran 40 marathons in 40 days and wrote a book about it. Um, what the, that's a WTF moment. I mean, Steve does, he just, whatever he does, like whenever you think about like doing something, he'll do it times 1000. Um, he is a phenomenal person. He, 
is part of the Above and Beyond Cancer team. He's not just a survivor. He's like a, he's a thriver. Uh, the guy is, uh, he's got two books um, under his belt now. And I believe he just got back from narrating one for audiobook. Um, I hope he did well. I'm sure he did. Uh, he is also the race organizer, organizer for 24 Hours of Coming, the founder and organizer. Um, does a great job with that. Except for the aforementioned navigational problems that we ran into. It's okay. It's okay. <sighs> Couldn't have been operator problem at all. Um, okay. So, yeah. Kanjo has, he is a, he's a ball of fire and he pulled through with a podium on fat bike. Um, and then first place fat bike. And I I wasn't super shocked by this because the last few years, uh, this, this gentleman has been, um, I'll see him in the remotest parts of Iowa and he'll be like bagged out on his fat bike. I mean, if you're going to train, to go for a podium on a fat bike gravel race, just always ride a fat bike. Never stop riding your fat bike. Um, and he, he hasn't. Um, yeah. First place fat bike was, uh, <laughs> was Mr. Bike Iowa himself, Scott Sumter. Um, awesome job, Scott. Like that's really crazy. Um, I haven't looked at finishing times or where he came in overall, but I mean, finishing 150 miles on that course on a fat bike, um, that's, that's something, man. So, uh, Des Moines, central Iowa, we're real proud of our, our guys. Well, we're, we'll, we are really proud of all of our people that went down there and gave it a shot. Um, one, one notable, uh, one notable finish on fat bike. Um, although honestly, I expected him to, uh, it podium. Because he is he is uh, tough as nails, Mister Steve Fuller. Um, he's also one of the careless whispers with uh, guitar Ted, myself, um, Bob Morale, and Decorn. Um, you know this this year, though careless whispers. When we were doing our, got my microphone boom keeps sinking. What are you doing, man? Come on. <sighs> I need to stop worrying about suspension posts and just get a better boom stand. Um, so. Uh, this year on gents race, uh, Fuller had just gotten the, uh, was it fat, the salsa, uh, fat bike, cargo bike thing, (laughs) man, you'd think at this early in the morning, I'd have my facts straight. Right. Um, so he rode on that while we all rode our, you know, gravel bikes and he was just moving right along. No problem. So I'm like, okay. If you can ride a like five inch tire cargo bike with us and with no problem, then you're, you're on it. You know, uh, Steve is, um, finished the tour divide. Uh, he just came, he also just came off, uh, a big, um, rando event. I believe they did like, I don't know, a thousand miles or something in a couple days. Uh, whatever it was, um, man, I need to start looking at, uh, getting my research done before I go off on these tangents. I would have to have, I would have to be omniscient really, because I don't have a script for this shit. I'm just talking. Um, 
maybe later today I'll find a guest and we can record another episode that has some direction. So yeah, I, uh, Steve ran into a couple problems, AKA, uh, waking up late, which is my biggest fear in any kind of gravel race. Cause you know, with the exception of a few, most gravel races start super duper early and, uh, Waking up 20 minutes before the race starts uh, never gets you properly prepared. But he did make it to the start. He got cruising. And uh, I'm going to try to have – Steve, I'm going to try to have you on here so we can talk about your race because I I love hearing about what you do when you race. Like when most people race, it's like, you know, like, oh, man, then I kind of bonked out and I stopped and ate. But, you know, like not this guy. He's like, well, you know, I – picked up a animal off the road and I did this and I, you know, he collects people's belongings. They drop and, you know, um, he's an amazing person and also an even more amazing fuller. <clears throat> so he, he had a finish, uh, did not podium, but it was not due to his, his own, uh, training is just, you know, we, we've talked about this before, there are factors, and those factors are um, the number one factor is getting up in time. So I hate when that happens. Um, I've had that happen to me before with a gravel race. Um, <laughs> I had a job where I rolled sushi for a few years, and I had that happen almost every day. I would wake up about 10 minutes before work and then be there on time. But man, it's uh, then you're horsing it for the first hour trying to like get your brain together. And uh, not smell like you were at an after-hours party till 6 in the morning. Uh, anyway, too much information. So, yeah, Gravel World's happened. Um, I've only got news on the fat bike folks because that's what I was kind of paying attention to. Um, looks like great weather. Looks like everybody had a great time. Um, much fun was had. Camaraderie, etc. cetera. Um, so, speaking of which... Um, I was signed up for Gravel Worlds, did not go to Gravel Worlds, clearly. I've said that like 17 times. Um, probably would have more information had I gone also. Um, man, I just haven't been feeling right. Um, I've, I've got... <laughs> Last week I alluded to recording a, a very personal podcast, which I will be doing this week. Uh, last week got a little sideways on me, as it does. Um, it's It's tough balancing... Uh, everything that you've got to balance in your life and get down to the elective items such as talking to a microphone um, and getting really personal. But only getting slightly personal, um, the Stoker and I, um, my lovely other half, uh, we decided that we would, because we've been, it's been a very, very busy summer for us, and we haven't had time, we decided that we would go camping. And our first camping trip was last June 2017. And we I I bought a I bought a commotion Java tandem years ago when I was in another relationship. And it's the only thing that survived that relationship. But it it, it was uh mothballed for a while. And then I found a Stoker and the current Stoker who is We've been together for an awful long time, a good amount. Um, and we 
drove the tandem up to Slater, Iowa, and then rode the 20 miles or whatever over to Woodward, Iowa, and and camped. And it was like kind of a disaster because it got really cold that night, and I don't generally need to use sleeping gear, so I just brought one sled of sleep, and it was just cold as shit. I was dying. And we ended up getting up at like 4 o'clock in the morning or 3 o'clock in the morning and packing up camp and driving back to the van immediately. Um, This time... We haven't been able to go camping at all this year, and it kind of bums me out because I love being outdoors. Um, I like, and I like the thought of riding a decent distance someplace, and then having the option to, well, we're already this far away from home. Maybe we can ride further. Maybe we can do this. Um, that's kind of the basis of the Good Intentions tour, which I've spoken about before. Um, just here's a block of time. Uh, fuck everything else. Just going to go do this. Well, we don't really have that block of time. We had Saturday and Sunday. So we hop on the tandem and, uh, I just reaffixed the front rack to it. I mean, this is a, it's bagged out. So we've got RKL GT 54s, the big daddies in the back. And then on the front, we've got, um, for all of our sleep gear, we have, um, the uh, Ortlieb rear um, roller classics or whatever they, whatever they are. They're orange. I know that. I've had them for a long time. They never get enough use. <clears throat> so we've got all that plus frame bags and all that fun stuff. And that bike must have been like 150 pounds at least. Um, it was a beast. But so we took a half an hour to ride our first three miles and I was getting pissed. Um, one of my, one of my biggest flaws is when, when the beginning of a ride is not going well, it may cause me to just lose it and want to throw in the towel right away. I've learned over the years to, you know, persevere like, man, if you're really hating it now, just waiting for like another half an hour or so, you know, get your, get your first 10 to 15 miles in and then, well, you're far enough out that if it still sucks, I mean, it's going to suck going back anyway. So whatever, just keep doing it. Uh, so yeah, we, we stopped off, um, and it's like Saturday morning. So like getting through, uh, we live downtown, the farmer's market's going on. So to get through downtown, we had to go through 5 million people on this monstrosity of a tandem. Um, we haven't ridden the tandem much. I've been throwing the kid on the back of the tandem and riding with him. Um, but we haven't done any like two adults in the tandem stuff for a while. It's a little bit harder to handle with a full size adult, um, and not being used to it. Blah blah blah. So getting through downtown was a chore, and I could just be like, why? Why are we going nine, nine miles an hour right now? Like this is not right. This bike is it rolls better than that. So a couple miles in, after we got mostly through downtown, kind of over by Captain Roy's, I stopped and I noticed that when I reinstalled our surly front rack on the bike, that the rack was touching the uh, actuator for the front brake. So it was (laughs) pushing the left brake pad against the rotor the whole time. And there are, you know, 210 rotors. So it's a pretty good amount of stopping power. So this whole time I'm getting pissed off and I'm dying trying to keep us going. And I'm just like, what are you pedaling back there? Like, it doesn't feel like you're not pedaling, but it doesn't feel like I'm pedal. What is going on? 
and it turns out the whole time we were riding with the goddamn brake on. Yeah. Hilarious. Um, so yeah, broke out the tools, did some adjustments on the rack and got it away from there. And amazingly, uh, it was pretty smooth rolling after that. Um, but again, the first half an hour, three miles and a half an hour, it kind of zapped a lot of energy out of me. I also didn't get much sleep the night before. It's been very stressy this week and, um, yeah, not getting the proper amount of rest before a ride. And this is, mind you, our goal was 40 miles, getting to Woodward, setting up camp, having a beer, sleeping, getting up and riding more. So that was pretty much it. Um, we rode up, we've never, we've never gone, we've ridden north on the Tandy before, but we've never <clears throat> gotten all the way to, uh, Dam Hill at Sailorville. And, you know, I, w- I warned her, I'm like, man, we're probably gonna have to walk part of this because it's stupid. And this bike is really, really heavy, but, uh, I sorely underestimated our ability to get to climb hills in that thing. Um, I think we do need a slightly lower granny gear if we're going to do any more climbing like that. But anything else we got involved in the, this weekend that had a decent amount of climbing, it was fine. But just, poof, that damn hill, that damn hill at Sailorville is just a twisty, turny thing. Kind of reminds me of being in San Francisco, but instead of houses, it's like, you know, trees. Ha ha. Well, this is getting great. So fast forward, we get through there and I, I showed her my, um, my, sh- my quote unquote shortcut to bypass Ankeny. And then we were on to Slater and we got up to Slater and, um, I was getting hangry. She was getting hangry. Uh, we're both vegan. Um, so it, it's just like, it compounds the issue of what to eat. Um, she had not gone vegan yet the last time we went camping. So it just turned into her eating something off a menu and me being like, I'll have this salad and a tortilla, please. Um, very poor planning on my part. Um, we, we do pack a ton of snacks, food, weird vegan protein bars that nobody wants to eat, even vegans. But you know, you have to do that sometimes. It's not necessarily just for protein. You, you need to eat food. Um, so I <clears throat> I hear, oh, what's that? What's this barbecue place in the sign? I'm like, oh, man, come on. What do you mean? She's like, oh, no, it says it has vegan options. And I, immediately I'm like, oh, crap. Like, okay, well, I'm ready to eat. Like, let's do this. But she didn't catch exactly what it was. And my brain was not able to wrap itself around the fact that Highway 210 goes through Slater. Um, so you go straight north, basically, to Slater from Des Moines. And then uh, you make a hard left on the trail, and then you go west all the way out to Woodward. And it, ne- it some reason doesn't occur to me that Highway 210 winds through every single one of those towns because, you know, it goes east-west. Geographic moron at best. Anyway, we get close. We get to, sl- we get to Slater. And there's a little sign right there on the trail that says "Be Fabulous Barbecue Vegan Options." So we, uh, yeah, hard right on 210, which by the way goes all the way to Woodward and further. Um, yeah, made a hard right, went over and hung out at Be Fabulous Barbecue in Slater, Iowa. Not only has barbecue, 
um, and some tacos and whatnot. But they they have the Beyond Meat patties. So we had Beyond Meat burgers, which was absolutely necessary at that point. And uh, got to chat with the owner for a while and about Ragbri. Um, the the Be Fabulous barbecue people are the ones, if anybody is familiar with this on Ragbri this year, there was a salad bar stand. And the barbecue folks were the ones that were doing the salad bar stand on Ragbri. So that was really cool to find out. They're like, oh, it was you guys? Like, oh, awesome. Like, I ab- absolutely saw you in um, what a, Scranton, Scranton, Iowa, right before Jefferson. I was only on route for probably like 20 miles this year out of like 400 and some miles. But I did see him. Uh, so anyway, we ate and then I'm thinking, I don't even want to do this anymore. Like this is classic moment. And maybe you have these moments too, where you're like, I'm almost really to the destination, but ah, screw it. Like, let's just cheat. And, uh, I'm like, you know, we could just get on this highway right here. There's a bike lane that goes to Ames and it goes right to all the, we get a hotel, get cleaned up, go downtown, um, you know, eat food, say hi to some Ames folks I haven't seen for a while. And, uh, <laughs> you know, we had that debate for a while while stretching and digesting. And, you know, that it, it had gotten to the point where we had overworked and under eaten. So we we're both feeling kind of rough. Um, drank some water about it. Uh, I totally forgot my trans Iowa flask, which probably is for the better in hindsight, but at the time I would have really liked a little shot of whiskey to help the digestion. Um, this is called the Kentucky digestif, um, bourbon. We, uh, then decided to stick with the OG plan and camp because like, Oh, where are we going to put this tandem in a hotel? We're going to have to like store it downstairs somewhere. Like whenever I pull that, like I'm tired of being in a tent and pull off and, do a hotel in a bigger town or a bigger city. Um, I usually am riding a bike that will fit in an elevator, but this one is not elevator sized by any means. Um, so we decided to stick with the OG plan, which I'm glad we did because what I didn't realize was that the ride to Woodward is only a few more miles than riding to Ames. And it's, uh, you know, it has the high trestle trail bridge and all that. Um, man, is anybody still out there? <laughs> this is a really long winded story. Um, this is a kind of thing I could picture putting on the background when you're like, I just need some white noise in the background to go to sleep to go to sleep. So we, we, uh, made our hard left. We went West and went to the high trestle trail. We took our, you know, bike at the, the bridge, um, the high trestle bridge, sorry, the the bridge picture at the overlook, all that fun stuff. I'll try to throw that up on the blog. Um, got to Woodward, uh, got set up, paid for our thing, uh, witnessed some just like, I, I really love that the whistling donkey is where it's at. I think that they could train their staff a little bit better. They're all nice, but the staff knowledge is very commensurate with the size of t- actual town it is um, and not with the demographic of people coming through. I mean, there are a ton of cyclists through there. 
um, we witnessed a bunch of large groups come through all like all afternoon and night. Um, it's super cool. Like I love seeing like towns like Woodward or Jamaica or, um, I mean, even, even going back to when the trestle trail just opened, uh, Madrid, the flat tire lounge, you know, when small towns start getting that boost from, uh, the cycling community coming through or just the boost from people coming up and just wanting to see what's going on or walkers, runners, um, you know, everybody uses that trail. It's, it's, uh, not just people on bikes. Um, uh-oh, hold on. We are about to, nope, there we go. So it was just kind of funny walking in, um, personally being a food service and, and, uh, former bar professional, um, they had, I think they were doing a shift change, but there were probably eight people standing around, maybe 12. I don't know. There were a lot of employees standing around and I walked in and all the bar stools are like all crammed up together. I know this is super nitpicky, but I mean, come on folks. Um, the one thing that, you know, you can do if you've got a ton of people staying around, like they're just, man, I got nothing to do. What's that old phrase? Time to lean, time to clean. You know, one person could walk down that line of bar stools and place them properly so that when people walk up to the bar, they can sit in their bar stool instead of having to drag a bunch of bar stools around so they can get into them. Um, so if anybody from the whistling donkey is listening to this, there's a tip from a nitpicky food person. Um, have people get the drinking and dining seating properly prepared so that when people do come in, they're not fucking troubled. I know moving a bar stool doesn't seem like a big deal, but you know what? There's one person getting paid to do it. And there's one person trying to buy stuff and give the place money. Just a small thing. But anyway, whistling donks rate, they've got, they have campgrounds. They have an outdoor bar. They it's uh, actually doesn't get too rowdy out there. So, I mean, it's, it's super, it's a super cool spot. So don't, don't take my shitty nitpicky attitude as a negative towards them. It's just like, you know, Hey, it's tighten it up a bit. Um, yeah, the, we, so we set up our tent. We, we got, um, I got, I got a side salad cause I needed it. Evidently I ate that side salad and my whole body was like, thank you for the vegetables, sir. I felt much better. I had my two beers, um, witnessed some really hilarious, um, I don't know, service issues. And, uh, overall, you know, chilled out, went back to the tent, took a nap. Cause even after 40 miles, you know, you can ride 40 miles on your stick bike or whatever. And it's like, Oh man, that was, you know, whoo, it's 40 miles. You know, spent a lot of time sitting on the saddle. But when you're uh, captaining a fully bagged out touring tandem, throwing a little gravel in here and there and whatnot, man, it'll wipe you out, especially for me. I'm not super fit by any means. Um, I'm working on it. It's been a hard road trying to get back to being in shape. Um, and it's, you know, still got, got a ways to go. So anyway, we, um, we had family camping time. Uh, woke up 
at like five ish, just normal time for us to get up because we're, well, I'm old and, uh, got up, made coffee with the old, um, MSR camp stove and, um, an AeroPress, my, my preferred camping setup makes it look like you've, you know, it's kind of fun when you're group, you're camping with a group of people and, you know, they've got pour overs and whatnot. Like, Oh, that's cool. Or instant coffee. What instant coffee? Really? Some people don't get it. I mean, having the coffee that you drink at home brewed properly, um, if you drink decent coffee at home in the morning is a nice luxury to, and a lightweight luxury to bring with you when you're camping. Um, so when you bust out an AeroPress and everything is, it looks like you're doing a little science experiment, which it is a science experiment to see how fast you can wake your ass up so you can tear down, pack up, recover your camp spot and get the F out of Dodge. And, uh, we were on the road within like an hour and a half, which wasn't too bad because I, I didn't announce that we were time trialing. I just wanted to see how things would work out as far as a normal camping situation. Like how's the stoker going to um, handle herself with this? But yeah, it turns out that she's an A plus plus. So good job, babe. You did a great job. Um, we had a great time, honestly, even like being kind of like over exercised and like just laying in the tent, not being able to sleep, being wired and tired at the same time. I hate that feeling. Um, but just sitting there be like, Oh, I can't even take a nap. Like, ah, I know Oh, it's stuffy in here. Well, it's probably cause I stinking up the joint. That's what I do whenever I go to any place in some way, you know, literally or, uh, metaphorically, I'm probably stinking up the joint. That's how it works. So we got up, got everything packed up, uh, after having our, uh, Ethiopian, Ethiopian Yirgacheff, uh, from Zanzibar in Des Moines and Ingersoll. Um, they were located right next door to Crunkwood Ramen House, one of my restaurants. Um, and it's the only coffee that I can drink. Um, I've tried getting the same beans from other uh, places, from mail order, from other places in town, but there's something about the way they roast their Yirgacheff or their beans at this place, Zanzibar, that it just... Either that or they're like dusting it with crack. You know, was that what people like to say? Well, they put crack in that. Like, no, they just they just really roast their coffee properly. Um, it's a great spot. And if you are from out of town and end up in town, I would encourage you to, if you want to get coffee in the morning, to skip the big chain garbage um, and hit Zanzibar's. They have a nice breakfast. Um, they're next to a great ramen restaurant if you're there late enough to have lunch, but they have, um, we go through about two pounds of beans a week and that's, man, it's a lot of good coffee. So fantastic. In fact, I had too much this morning and cannot keep on track here. I'm not even down the list, two spots of six topics for today. And we are at 39 minutes. So back to the camping thing. Uh, one of my favorite things about camping is not the 
partying at night thing. They used to be my thing. Like we'd get big groups and go bike someplace and camp and like, you know, fucking eat mushrooms and drink tequila and like get crazy and like campfires and like hallucinate. That was great. But I'm in my forties now, mid forties to be exact. And, uh, none of that shit is very, uh, appealing to me anymore. I just, it's not that, you know, I don't want to like be out of my mind, but, uh, it's just the recovery time sucks. So it's not really, it's like a balance. Like, is it worth it anymore? Like, should I really, should I drink like a half a bottle of Jägermeister? Probably not. I'm not in college. I'm not, you know, 21 years old. Um, my favorite part of camping other than the biking there, um, is the biking back or biking to the next town. Like, okay, yesterday happened and our first day was a little bit rough because the aforementioned brake problem and not eating enough and then somehow getting dehydrated while drinking three or four bottles of water in 25 miles. I know this is really bizarre shit going on um, ever since 24 hours of coming as far as hydration and, and whatnot. And, uh, but my favorite part is extending, <laughs> never going to say it. My favorite part is riding while the sun rises. It's one of the best feelings. It's the one part of the day when it's probably going to be a little bit, you know, in the summertime, it's going to be a little bit cooler, knock out some of those first, you know, 20, 30 miles first thing in the morning when the sun's coming up, um, on the weekends, like traffic's super low. So if you want to be a dick and ride the highways, you're going to piss off less, less motorists. And, you know, it personally, I want to piss off as few motorists as possible because we is share the road. And I appreciate when I'm allowed to share the road with them riding back highways, but there does get a, it does get to a point sometimes where traffic gets a little heavy and I'm like, okay, now I am really just being an asshole. <clears throat> and then it's time to, you know, peel off and maybe hit a side road, gravel road, uh, or, you know, sometimes I even just, if I've got the right bike, I'll ride the gravel shoulder just to get out of the way. We've got a particularly, um, busy stretch of highway out west of here that goes north south and I decided to ride the said highway from Adel, Iowa to Minburn, Iowa and about two miles in I realized what a really stupid idea it was so I ended up riding the next nine miles and this is during the winter so it was really gross um, but I ended up riding it on the shoulder and it was fucking ugh. And then I got lectured when I got some inburn, like, what are you doing riding on the highway? I'm like, yeah, but I was on the shoulder. It's like, right. But what if like, well, luckily what if didn't happen? And now I'm just here, um, being annoying. So we, we left town. We hit the Casey's. I wanted to buy some bottled water. I'm also a big fan of at least once a day, getting a couple big, big old bottles of ice cold water and, drinking as much as possible and then filling up my, um, filling up the bottles with the rest. Um, why not? It's a very tiny luxury. And then, but I found out that the, if this is for all you out there who don't do dairy, 
but they have the single-serving silk dark chocolate almond milks at this Casey's in Woodward. That's a new development. I was just in Woodward a couple weeks ago, and I didn't see them there. Could have been just like me being delirious or inattentive. But So we got one of those, and we hung out for a minute, got together. Um, you know, It was like 6 o'clock in the morning or something or 7, so it was all... Six thirty, whatever. So you know, there were like families coming in, like, "Hey, look, look, guys, look how long that bike is!" And like, yeah, it's like a canoe-sized bike <laughs> that kind of handles like a canoe in reality. Um, and we took off, and we now the Stoker does not do highway riding. You know, I grew up riding on Highway Fifty Nine, Highway One Forty One, um, Highway Thirty once in a while. Um, but this was, you know, in the late eighties and, uh, 1990, 1991. And we didn't have those, um, we didn't have cell phones. We didn't have the distracted driving was a little bit less prevalent than it is these days. And, um, traffic was a little bit lighter. Um, I've, I've ridden on those roads recently and whoa, yeah, this has been a big change. I mean, it's decades. And of course it's going to be changed. Duh. So I'm like, Hey, this is going to be, <laughs> this is going to be fun. It's going to be kind of rough, but we're going to just follow me. I mean, you got to, cause you're on the back of the bike. I'm captain, but just trust me. All we got to do is get from here to where that tree line is right there. And so the tree line is about two miles down on highway 141. And this is like the highway of 141 I ride now is from like um, where it turns into two lane and the traffic isn't as much. But this is the part of highway 141 that is a, you know, big ass four lane highway with a ton of traffic. But it's it's early on a Sunday morning. It's pre church time or when people are stirring, going to breakfast time. So I'm like, yeah, we'll be fine. And like, well. We've got two inch tires. We will ride on the shoulder. Man, it's a long story. And, you know, it's like, okay, well, that sounds great. And I don't know if you are that a person who is nervous about riding on highways or if you are a person that rides with a person who's nervous about riding on highways, but um, it's really best to heed uh, to the the person that is nervous about riding on highways. Um, I do a lot of questionable bike riding because um, I've lived this far and this long, and I honestly just don't give a fuck. Um, I try to be courteous to others and share the road, but you know, if I want to get somewhere and I want to cut some miles off, I'll just take whatever. I don't care. I'm not riding the interstate, you know, trying to keep it within legal limits, but Generally, I don't care about my own well-being because I have the faith in other humans that they will see my giant ass on a bike and they will not hit me. I can't even imagine, um, and I'm not making light at all of anyone who's ever been struck and harmed by a car or even killed. Um, That is very serious. Um, So when I poking fun at myself about this. This is not me making a statement that I think it's funny by any means. I mean, I, 
pretty sure if I got hit by a car and was still alive on the side of the road, I would laugh a lot, but it would be a laugh of, wow, I had a lot of shit to get done before I died. And man, did I fuck that up? Um, so, you know, my, my heart goes out to all those who are friends, family of people that they've lost to, um, cars, killing cyclists, cars, harming cyclists. That's a, that's another podcast in of itself. Um, but I also hold the belief that if a car is driving down the highway and they see me in particular on that highway or that gravel road and part of them's like, you know what? Screw that dude. Let's hit him. What's the worst that's going to happen? And in Iowa, the worst that's going to happen is probably like a careless driving $35 ticket or something. Um, very seldom do drivers ever get a serious charge or convicted of a serious charge in a cyclist injury or death, um, which is fucked um, straight up. That needs to change. Um, again, that's another podcast, and I should gather some guests for that. Otherwise, it'll just me be dropping F-bombs the whole time because it really it's it's fucked there's no other way to say it so anyway so they're driving down the road they see me they're like part of them like the you know the left shoulder the the bad the the bad devil thing is like hey hit that dude and then the uh, the right shoulder which is the the supposed to be the good voice thing it's probably like yeah i mean you should probably hit him but like imagine the amount of damage that fucker is going to do to your car he's huge boom problem solved Nobody wants to run me over because I'm going to hurt their car. It's like hitting a deer. Except that if I live through it, I'm going to they're going to have a lot worse to deal with than uh I don't know. Man, this is getting dark. Okay, so anyway, so we're we're riding down 141 and I finally convinced her it was okay on this downhill stretch. Um cuz the, the the gravel was the, the shoulder was a little loose and on my single bike that's fine, but like, hey, any movement on the back is making it difficult to keep the bike upright. And there's one rule. Don't wreck the tandem. And I try to abide by that rule at all times. So I convinced her it was okay to pop on the highway for one downhill, which is going to set us right at R63, um, which is our north-south road that heads to 44, that heads to U Avenue, that heads to Waukee. And it's all like, so once we get through the trauma of the first three miles to get to the actual highway, side highway we're going to be on, um, then we're coming, we're kind of coming down into a valley and there's all this fog. Well, the stoker's like, oh no, it's getting foggy. I'm like, oh no, it's getting foggy. Like, that's awesome. Like we've got great lights. Um, also we have, you know, a huge bike. You can't miss this thing. It's you can't miss it, but we'll look over. We're coming in. We're riding down to a valley. There's a little bit of fog over the fields. The sun's sort of behind the clouds, kind of a slow burn coming up. And it's got this beautiful muted kind of amber orange color. And it's casting the sunlight over this, like almost a cotton blanket over top the cornfields. And, you know, I've got my one of my favorite people in the universe that's just a you know, a foot and a half behind me. 
and I, you know, it's one of those moments when you're on a bike that you can almost cry. Like this is, this is why I ride. It's because of the friends, the, the relationships, the view and the things you get to share with other people. Um, and it was a beautiful, beautiful day and a beautiful time to share with someone who I care about. Um, we made great time getting back into Waukee. Um, usually when I'm riding into Waukee, I'm coming from some like really crazy, stupid um, ride. And I end up stopping off at the ta- There's a new Taco Bell there. The Taco Bell is like exactly 18 miles to my house. And, uh, sorry, I got a little choked up there for a minute thinking about that sunrise. It was that beautiful. Um, but yeah, the, the Taco Bell there, they know me cause I like to stop in and get my bean burrito fresco style ad lettuce. It's usually my, my charge up to get in my last few 18 miles back to, to home from whatever stupid gravel ride I just came from or rag ride I did peel off rag the the off route stuff for a while to go home and do some work i had to stop in and have lunch there because i wasn't going to make it another mile but yeah we even bypassed that and had a great time got home um it's always nice like having another person riding the same bike as you um because generally when i get done with some like a bagged touring thing camping thing I'll park my bike and then just not look at it for two days and I'll come back and then have to recover all that equipment. And it may be in like, it probably would have benefited from <laughs> having it, the bags emptied and everything the day that you got back. But ugh, I'm such a lazy butthole about that kind of stuff. Um, so I was like, okay, this is what's going to happen. You know, we're going to get in there. We'll get rested, cleaned up, and then we're going to pull these bags off and get everything out. And like, you know, take the tent out and the and the sleeping bag we'll take them upstairs to the deck and lay them out so they can get some you know some sun and get fully de demoisturized but uh man this story got super long anyway uh long story short we had a great time camping and we did 70 about 76 miles on the tandem now last year we had to drive the tandem up to Slater and it was still kind of rough getting to Slater on that bike. Uh, this time we had even more equipment on it and we rode it from home to Woodward and back with very little problem. Um, that is a testament to, uh, my, I guess mileage this year, um, my health increasing because of eating plant-based and uh, getting exercise. I've been doing some yoga. That kind of helps. And uh, the Stoker um, bought herself her own bike, her own single bike that, you know, made sense. It's not a beach cruiser. She got a straggler uh, last winter and she's been riding and riding. And, you know, we've been doing 50 mile, 50 mile rides together and she's right there with me. Um, so, you know, like it's perfect. It's perfect. Um, I'm looking forward to I'm actually trying to make it happen again, uh, in two weeks when we have the weekend to ourselves again, but I don't, I don't know if that's going to happen. We'll see what the weather does. All right. Uh, end of that story, man, 
here I was going to do a 30 minute thing and it's 55 minutes. Um, so let's segue into this. So I've got an upcoming thing I'm going to be doing that's not an organized event. And it's kind of like a good intentions tour, but it's on my road bike. It's I like to call it road packing. Um, I've been dreaming of doing the trans. Uh, well, I mean, I've been dreaming about riding cross country since I was probably 10. I've wanted to ride my bike cross country. Um, and in the last five or six years, I've been bitten by the, you know, oh, there's a Transamerica route. And I've been planning on starting the Transamerica race, not with the intention of, you know, racing it because, like, uh, come on. <laughs> I'm realistic. You know, I I don't even know what it, for 4,700 miles, I don't even know what a realistic time for me would be, like, the rest of my life. Like, uh, I joked a couple years ago when I, I decided to get back in shape. I was like, I, I wanted, I actually tried to get the trolley company, the gummy worm company to sponsor me, um, to train and do the trans am race. And I wanted to go for the record of the fattest person to ever finish the race. Um, but then of course, you know, reality meets ideas and it turns out this is a really stupid idea in reality. I just want to ride my bike, but I want to do it in the, in the same vein as this at least one time. So I have my road bike and I have my frame bags and all my bike packing gear that I put on my road bike. And I've done this a couple years in a row. Um, and it's, it makes, if you've got, if you don't have to peel off and do mountain stuff or gravel stuff, uh, it's makes getting where you're going a lot easier. Well, not easier, just faster. If it's easier, it means you're not working hard enough. Um, so I've, I'm going to be putting the, the Thai Colossal through its paces sometime, uh, in September. And I'm going to try to do a, I don't know, 400 plus mile weekend with some bike packing involved. Um, but like lightweight, you know, uh, ground cloth, uh, sleep with the bugs kind of situation. No, no luxury camping, no tent. Maybe a hammock. It depends. Depends on what the the temperature's like. I might just have to bring a bring a sleeping bag and a pad and deal with that. But there's also plenty of places for us um, to pe- to peel off route and sleep in shelters and whatnot. Uh, and then, oh yeah, let me plug this because I rarely do. Uh, every Tuesday at the Coming Tap in Coming Iowa, uh, there are tacos by Taco Apocalypse served by yours truly. Um, this, uh, taco Tuesday event was the, the reason the restaurant exists and it was birthed through a, uh, series of, uh, conversations over drinks with Bob Morale, the owner of the, uh, coming tap incoming Iowa. So, uh, thanks Bob. Um, I wouldn't be sitting here doing this if it wasn't for you. Um, I wish I could adopt him, but I, I don't know how that works. I haven't looked into it. Um, also he doesn't need adopting. He has a great mom, stepdad. I'd be a ter- I'd be a terrible parent to a person older than me. Um, let's just be real. But anyway, so yeah, we, we serve from roughly five o'clock to about nine o'clock every Tuesday night at the coming tap. And there's also, um, 
Fahrenheit Wood Oven Pizza in the town before. If you're into pizza, they're great folks. Um, and they're there most Tuesdays at uh, Outskirts. And there's a new place right across from Outskirts in Arilla, Iowa, called The Chicken um, from the uh, Full Court Press folks. You know, the folks have mullets and uh, High Life Lounge and whatnot. And uh, it's a really good addition to the neighborhood. Um, Norwalk, um, the Norwalk area needed something um, after a few of their restaurants closed. And like everything in Norwalk is just pizza now. So it's like if you live in Norwalk, you either get pizza or you get pizza. Chicken came along. They've got a more standard American fare um, menu, and it's that's a, a great great thing for the neighborhood. Um, and I I haven't had a chance to stop there yet, but I'm sure they have the um, very very um, the signature beer selection of the for, full court press guys. So there's like one thing that full court press definitely knows how to do. It is make a beer selection that you cannot fuck with. <clears throat> that is like their, their calling card. Like it doesn't really matter what else is going on with it. They're definitely going to have, if you can think of it, especially for local beers, they'll probably have it. So welcome to the chicken, to the great Western trail family. Um, I hope to be there soon for a beer, maybe even today, who knows? And, uh, with that, Hopefully I'll see some of you on Tuesday. If not, get out there, ride your bikes. And uh, if you've managed to wake up from your nap you took during this, uh, now is about time to push stop. Thank you for listening. This is Sam, Cyclist Night. Bye. (laughs) Every time. Thank you for listening to the Cyclist Not Biker podcast. Have a great day. And go ride your goddamn bike.